0: This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Casual Friday. My name is Sean for W. Thank you for joining me today. And I'm I'm not by myself. As always, I'm joined by my partners in crime, Mensa and XJ, the Casual Friday crew. How are y'all doing today? Let me start off with XJ. XJ, how are the vibes?
2: I'm doing great. I mean, You know, we we've had some time from uh, from the the. I don't want to call it a debacle because looking at Miami right now, they're balling. You know, they're balling in some kind of way. But I would just say, for me, the vibes are impatient. Like I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to move on to the next step. I'm ready for the off season. I'm I'm ready for off season. Jeremy Cohen. uh, I'm I'm ready to see how we build. Um, You know, I, I noticed on social and stuff like a lot of people will try to kind of like police your fandom like they'll be like like hey we just had a great season like take time to celebrate and be happy like do it be happy it's like you know like that policing of how other people uh you know are a fan is super strange to me um but for me it's just about what's next like you know, we're going to take time today for sure to reflect on the season together here, um, as a family. And, and I'm super excited to do that. But, but after that, I'm ready to wrap up and like, move on to what's next. It's, it's impatient vibes for me. I I feel the chip coming at some point soon. I can taste it. So I'm ready to move forward.
1: That sound you did not hear is me knocking on wood when XJ said the chip, he can taste the chip. Um, no potato, uh, Mensa, (laughs) Welcome to Casual Friday. Good to see you again. How are the vibes?
3: The vibes are, um, the vibes are nervous is what I'll say. Um, Like XJ, um, I'm a little impatient. I want to see what the Knicks do next. And for the first time in a long time, I'm not looking forward to summer league basketball because Deuce is probably not going to play. Quentin Grimes is definitely not playing. Um, I'm not really looking forward to the Trevor Keels breakout. It's not my thing. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry to Trevor Keels as well, but I want to say nervous because just being on social media, I'm like, well, that's a bad move. That's a bad move. (laughs) Please don't do that. You know, it's there are so many wrong moves out there and not enough right moves that. The Knicks, in order to get to that next level, which we're all looking for, which is title contention and eventually winning a title, have a really, really, really narrow road to go. And a lot of it is what's available as far as luck. What's just the opportunity of it all. And then the other, like most of it, is just being smart and seeing if this team is unlike its fan base and is patient and is willing to forego the wrong move to wait for the right move.
1: Well said, Mensa. Um. Yeah, Twitter this week, Jesus Christ. Um, for me, the vi- the vibes are anxious because, you know, 2021, the vibes were, even though we lost to the Hawks, it was like, all right, we made the playoffs. And, you know, uh, it was like, all right, there's nowhere to go but up, right? And then obviously last season, Um, the 2022 season was not so, didn't go so well. Um, and then, you know, we turned it around and, you know, even though we were one seed worse than the two, than two years ago, we actually won a playoff series. And so now this off season, it's like, well, what do we do next? Because, I don't think this fan base can nor should they stand for a 37 win season next year, even though not all progression is linear. Um, if we take a step back, there will be a riot. Uh, shout out to Jeremy Cohn, who said this is this will be the last fun Knicks season for a while until we win the championship, because now expectations have been set the expectations have been raised and there can't be any uh oh, oh that was um actually no that was that was Chris young see i am i'm stealing people's uh um stealing people's credit but either way it's just it remains like you know they're no more plucky like if we have a terrible season next year if we win 37 games next year and then even win forty eight games the year after that the vibe aren't gonna be the same because it's gonna be like well all right, we've been here before. But next season, next season, the season after next season, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Today, we are going to put a bow, a casual bow on the 2022-2023 season and each of us are going to share a good, bad and ugly moment from this season. So, um I don't have a deck of cards. So I don't know who's going to go first, but I'm going to play a game I like to play, which is called I'm thinking of a number between one and six. XJ, you first. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's three. No, Mensa.
3: (laughs) Mensa's on mute. I was going to go five for my guy quickly. I'm sorry. No, XJ. I'm going
2: to go four because you're wearing a four on your shirt.
1: I am not wearing a four on my shirt. For those who do not, cannot see, they're listening. I am wearing a T-shirt. It's the old ah, NBA New York City Transit damn logo. It. Damn, damn. the M. Um, Mensa.
3: Uh let's go one for Jalen Brunson, who's one in
1: our hearts. No. <laughs> How, is How is this possible? How is this possible? I'm, I'm going to go to. <laughs> there you go. I was like. It had to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Um, so XJ, I will start. Well, let's start with the good. Or, or Actually, do we want to start with the good? Or the ugly. <laughs> Do you wanna start with the good and and sink down to ugly or start from ugly and go up to good?
2: I feel like we start with ugly and go up to good because I don't I don't wanna end it with the the sabotage vibes at the end. <laughs> you know what? Not great. <laughs>
1: That's a that's a great I like idea. the way he thinks. I like yes, the way you think, XJ. The ugly might get real ugly. No. Uh, okay. So all right, XJ, let's start let's start, let's get the ugly stuff out of the way. Um, what is what is to you the ugliest moment of the 2022-23 season?
2: I mean, I I'm glad I'm going first because I don't know how either of you have any other moment than the one that I'm gonna mention which is of course the Luka Doncic game uh, where the Knicks were up nine points with 33 seconds left. And this is why we had to go ugly first, because we could not end the casual pod by talking about this game (laughs) in a great season. um, You know, one of the most fun seasons we've had in a long time. We could not end it by talking about this game to be up nine with a minute left. You know, I'm just going to say, like, my benchmark. I don't know about you guys. I, I think we all have, like, our internal, like, implicit benchmark for when, like, okay, the game's over. Like, we can chill. It, we're good. My, my benchmark used to be 10 minutes or 10 points with uh, two minutes left. Cause I had seen one time some data crunching that was like uh, a team has like a 97.4% chance to win after uh, leading by 10 with two minutes left. So that was like my, always oh, is my benchmark. Okay, two points, 10 minutes. All right, cool. We can chill out now. Um, in this game, I went back and looked at it and I really, it was, it was not fun, obviously. Um, recall that Randall made a layup to go up nine with 45 seconds left. I, I remember live. I thought that was the dagger, but it didn't feel that way because of how the game went and who the Knicks had been for so much of the season up until that point. But it's like, uh, Randall just made a layup. We're up nine. Like this is, this is, this has to be over. Um, you know, Lucas scores again, uh, Lucas scores. And then, but they go up nine again, I think via free throws with like 33, 34 seconds left.
1: Deuce McBride hits his second free throw. 112 103 there 33 seconds left. No, I don't have the entire play by play pulled up on <laughs> the screen over here. I don't have that at all. Um,
2: I, I, I didn't want to go too far into again the play by play, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative that you have it up, Sean. So, Okay. Deuce hits a second free throw up nine 33 seconds. This game should be over at this point. What I do know is their win probability was about like 99.5%. Um, meaning that you would have to play that exact game over about 200 times before you would expect the Mavs to win once that that's <laughs> like you would have to play. I, I say, I repeat, if this was 2k, you would have to, you would have to sim that game 200 times before you expect the maps to ever win a single time.
1: <laughs> if this happened in 2k, people would be like, it's the bits. And they would throw <laughs> their PlayStation. <Get> the-, <laughs> the sliders were up. That's
2: all we have to yeah. say. The sliders were up in this game. Like to go down at that point, point, ninety nine point five percent win probability. Um, nine points, thirty three seconds left. You hit. You know, you get a Christian Wood three, a Dinwiddie three, uh, and then of course the miss rebound with Deuce and Grimes both going for it. Grimes, who should not have been in the game, who should not have been in the game. He should have been subbed out for Sims. Uh, they kind of fight each other, miss the board. And, you know, I'll let you guys take it from there. If this is your ugly moment, it sounds like it probably is. It was just all time ugly, like not ugly for this season. All time ugly. One of the ugliest losses in the history of the NBA. Definitely in the history of the Knicks franchise for a regular season loss. Um... Doesn't really get worse than that. I remember at that that time, I just shut everything off. Knicks. I left Twitter. I just didn't watch the KFS post game. I, that's. I got a whole new level of respect for Jonathan Macri and and Andrew Claudio, GMAC. Like, the fact that those two guys could go on and do a post game after that. <sighs> It better, better people than me. But I, I, I shut everything down. I said, I'm going to go watch a movie or something. I don't remember what I did, but it wasn't anything basketball related. Didn't watch ESPN for about four or five days after that, waiting for all the news cycles to go.
1: Um, yeah, it was
2: tough. That, that's the
1: ugly for me. Um, I was just say real quick, I was in Miami that week. So when that happened, I was sitting at the bar Watching it on my phone because the bar didn't have like cable, and when that happened, I literally just went back to my room, went to walk past my family who were laying on the booze. They're sitting on the bed. We had a little balcony. I just sat on the balcony and poured myself some wine and just started drinking. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like that. I like I never like that's impossible. impossible. That is impossible. Impossible. <sighs> Mensa, uh, you can leave your comments about that game and then you can share your ugly moment of the season. Unless it, unless that's it.
3: I think what made that moment as ugly as it was, was watching how giddy Luka Doncic was so as giddy. he did it. I was like, this Ugh. guy is a psychopath. <laughs> like, Psycho, dude. He put a sixty point, point triple double on us. Like, you know, and, and especially because... History happens, you know, it just does. But when history happens to the Knicks, (laughs) you can never forget about it. And it's just one of those things. It's like, of course, this would happen to us. Of course, this would happen to us. And XJ, I think you said everything that needed to be said about it. Um, Sean, you have the, the play by play pulled up. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not I don't know man I I choose enjoyment these days and I would not be going back to look at any of these moments um so yeah no I have my moment is a little bit different because like at least as it happened I'm like if anybody's going to do this to us it's going to be this guy this psychopath of a human being the ugly moment for me would be um the day is December 21st 2022 I believe I have the date correct The New York Knicks, eight game winning streak, looking for a ninth game, are hosting the Toronto Raptors, who are losers of six straight. And Pascal Spicy P. Siakam came into the house that Julius Randle was trying to build. (laughs) (laughs) And to quote the late great, um, well, not, I'm sorry, to quote Dave Chappelle, who was imitating the late great Rick James, Pascal Siakam went full, fuck your couch, Eddie Murphy. Fuck your couch, Charlie Murphy. It was really bad because we were, we're at a place where it's like, okay, this is the first, you know, big winning streak we've had since the we here season. And Julius Randle is getting the love back. Brunson's balling. He's balling. The team's doing great. Everybody's contributing, and we just started. Um, this is like right after, like the coming weeks with I think, um, the Quentin Grimes. He just got into the rotation. It's the new rotation. Deuce is playing. The vibes are at the highest they have been for the season. This was the first peak, and then Pascal Siakam said, "Yeah, you know all of those vibes." Um, fifty-two points. That's what I got for those vibes, and then having to jump in because I remember. Sean, you had to jump into a, a raptor space, and and listening to those Raptors fans, I was like, "Why these guys? Why do these They're guys the get the? Oh my god!" As Sean likes to say, the Raptors fans aren't the worst fan base, but they are top five. <laughs> they are in easily, top
1: easily top five. <laughs> Fight me.
3: And I was, oh man, just I feel like it was the first. Like, look, we knew the Raptors at that point, like this is when the Raptors were still seen as serious. Like it was like, oh, they're not playing well, but they're still the Raptors. They're still good. This is before, you know, everybody apparently on the Raptors was this big, great trade piece. And they ended up not getting traded for anything. But um, that's another story to be told. It was just so ugly to, to, to have the vibes. I feel like ripped from us, ripped from our hands, especially after we were like what? We were a game away from fire Tibbs. And then they turn the season around. They get on this eight-game winning streak. And then Pascal Siakam reminds us, at the time, you don't have a superstar. And it just, it was a really ugly, really ugly feeling. And that's my moment for the year.
1: That's a good shout. Um, I actually remember going into that game saying, we're going to lose this game. For two reasons one it was it was the classic oh Knicks are flying high against this team they can't get out of their own way that they should beat and two I've been talking cash shit to the Raptors fans for like a month before that because you know how the Raptors fans do they act like Every and any little small gain, like they say, we celebrate things. Any little small gain, it's like, look at us, Vision Six Nine, we're doing so well. And I was like, yo, you're fucking mid. What are you talking about? You're not winning anything this year. And I reminded them of that for two weeks. And I was like, I even have a tweet out there. It was like, we're gonna lose this game because of me, and we lost the game. Um, that was bad. So that was ugly. All right. So for m- my ugly moment. It's Josh Hart over Quentin Grimes. And the reason why that's my ugly moment is because I saw it coming for about two months. And this is not a knock on Josh Hart because Josh Hart is a like he's a star in his role. I'm glad he's on our team. He's helped us win so many games before so many, so many games. But I started to notice hmm. Josh Hart gets to close every single game no matter what. I don't think – I don't – I feel like this is going to come back to bite us. And I've said it on this podcast. I've said it on Playbacks. I've said it on Timeline. Like, I called it Most Favored Nation status because it's like, all right, now, because you have decided that this guy gets to close every game, you now are now – you being the head coach of the New York Knicks are now picking one of your others. You have to like, you now have one spot for three guys and they know that going into the, and they almost like they know that. Right. But it's okay. It's all right. And we get to game one versus Miami. Josh, Hart stars over Grimes. You could excuse, you could excuse it for a number of reasons. A Grimes was coming off a shoulder injury and two, The numbers suggested that him against Jimmy, he would, you know, that was a good idea. I was like, okay, I get it. When I see Josh Hart in the starting lineup for game two, when there's no Jimmy, it's like, okay, here we go. And we win the game, but it took 45 minutes for Josh Hart to realize like, hey, they're leaving me open for reasons. I should shoot. And then the rest of the series, like he just like like it wasn't the best series, but I'm not going to blame Josh Hart because Josh Hart does what he's told. The reason why it's ugly for me is because my fear is that Josh Hart is going to become the new Alec Burks and Alec Burks. We, we love Alec Burks like any rational Nick fan was since loves Alec Burks has no ill will towards Alec Burks appreciate everything Alec Burks done, but Alec Burks became the poster child for the 2022 season, the failure of the 2022 season. And now that, that decision and think about it. We had a 20 game stretch where we went three and 17 and Tom Thibodeau kept running the same guy out there over and over and over again, even though it was clear it wasn't working, something needed to change. And he kept running Josh Hart out there over and over and over again, even though that wasn't the reason why we were losing. And he starts Grimes game five, and we saw what happened game five. And I say to myself, what if we just played Quentin Grimes the whole series? Um, So for me, that's why, like, that's ugly because I'm not going to say we would have beat Miami, but if we beat Miami with the lineup that we'd had all year and we lose, I can sleep at night. Hey, this is our best lineup. To make the decision to go away from that lineup, it's almost it's almost like he's trolling us. It's like, when we want you to adjust, you don't. And when we don't want you to adjust, we do. So that, because of the how I link it, it reminds me of the season before, the low point of last season. Where I think everyone will agree the, la- the ugly of last season was 3-17. Um, that's why it's the ugly for me. So, all right. So. Now that we've gotten that nasty shit out of the way, let's move on up to bad. All right. <laughs> and uh, so in order for it to in order for it to be fair this time, we'll cut Mensa go first, then me, then XJ, and then we'll go so, so forth. So Mensa, what was your bad moment of twenty twenty three?
3: This actually flows really perfectly because that was my bad moment. Um, it wasn't, I. it wasn't, to me, it wasn't ugly because you saw it coming. It wasn't like, oh man, this is disgusting. I can't believe Tom Thibodeau is starting Josh Hart because we were on a playback playing against the Miami heat. And I think this is the Julius. Yeah, this is, the, <laughs> this is the playback. This is the Julius Randall buzzer beater playback and Josh Hart is closing the game. And I'm like, he shouldn't be in the game right now. R.J. Barrett should be in this game. It, it should not be. It it Look, if, if you didn't want R.J., if you wanted to close with Quick, Grimes, and Brunson as your three, but not Josh Hart. Josh Hart did not have it that night, but he stayed in. And then when we first traded for Josh Hart, I have a tweet. It's still up. And I said, um, I hope you guys know that Josh Hart is Josh starting over Quentin Grimes. And I was wrong because Quentin Grimes played well, but then getting towards getting down towards the playoffs, you kind of saw and realized, okay, um, Tom Thibodeau really, really loves Josh Hart. And then he was only, and I'm sure Tibbs doesn't care about this kind of stuff, but the reception that Josh Hart got, it was like, oh, <laughs> I love this guy and it's not going to be a PR issue if I like, it was just perfect for him. And it was, it was bad because everybody knew like, you can look at the on off numbers, like the true shooting percentages for Julius RJ and Jalen Brunson without, um, with Quentin Grimes instead of Josh Hart is like 17 points higher. It's, it's crazy. Like nuts. It does not make sense for, those scoring numbers to exist with one guy on the floor, right? Especially when he wasn't playing well. But the fact that Tom Thibodeau decided, and and it was just like, we're scoring 86 points. (laughs) There's a reason we're scoring 86 points. It's because you're making a bad decision by starting Josh Hart. And then the other thing that made it bad is, you see, to me, like, I honestly do believe that if Josh Hart was was coming off the bench with with we kept everything the same because Josh Hart is a better bench player and he strengthens Obi Toppin because he's a very excellent rebounder which is which is an area that Obi Toppin is not good at he he finds Obi going down the court and then on top of that his brains fit so well with Hartenstein and quickly so you made my like quickly is struggling maybe put him back next to Josh Hart right and then so when when we bench. OK, and then this is and it's to me, it's like it's like a rolling thing, because when we lost, I think it was um game four, we got out rebounded like crazy in the in the fourth quarter. And I'm watching this game. That's the first game quickly misses. And I'm like, you know who gets a bunch of long rebounds? Emmanuel quickly. But now that Josh Hart is not, you know, like it to me it was like it was too It was too little too late when we made the switch and it was just such a bad decision because now we have to believe that the Miami Heat are a good basketball team because they beat the Milwaukee Bucks in five. They beat us in six. And I don't know what they're about to do with Boston, but it looks like they're going to beat them too. And it's like, this could be us. This could be us. We could be here if Tom Thibodeau, and this is and this is why, like, it's hard for me to let go. Because yeah, look, Julius Randle had a terrible game. Literally, nobody but Jalen Brunson and Scott Foster showed up for game six. Shout out to Andrew Claudio. But at the same time, like if we played our game. They couldn't stop us. We were able to score points when we played our game and we deviated from our game. It was a bad decision and it cost us our season is the way I look at it. I mean, look, correlation may not be causation, but the correlation is really, really strong here. So that is my bad, going to Josh Hart over Quentin Grimes.
1: You're not going to get any uh, pushback from me. Uh, XJ, what's your bad moment of this this past season? So...
2: Yeah, I mean you I, I'm glad you guys covered that in full between ugly and bad. <laughs> it was it was one of those and both of those probably. Um for me, I want to just give uh hopefully I'm not stealing yours, Sean. Um, honorable mention for uh Emmanuel quickly not winning sixth man of the year. That that's honorable mention in, in my bad moments. I didn't want to cover that in full, but Horrible decision by the voters and the you know the whole NBA voting system. I believe firmly is a sham now. So um, that completely changed my view on, on a big aspect of basketball of the NBA. So and I just thought that was a really bad moment for for, for the league, really. Um, And, uh, but my real bad moment, my actual bad moment, uh, for, for me is just, you know, I want to say the heat series as a whole, right? Like definitely the Josh Hart, um, decision over Grimes and and everything that you all covered so eloquently, but just the the series as a whole was a bad moment for me. Um, I did not enjoy seeing us get out nixed by Miami. (laughs) Like I'm still here, still trying to wrap my mind around the fact that, Miami had a worse effective field goal percentage and a worse free throw rate. And they still won the series somehow like a worse effective field goal percentage than the Knicks who are like a really bad effective field goal percentage team. And they still beat us in the series in six games. Like I, I, am trying to wrap my mind around it. Um, you know, it's been a great season. Uh, there were a lot of, bad moments in it. There are a lot of great moments in it. Thankfully we're going to move on to that next, but the heat series was clearly the worst to me. Um, tough to watch at many points. I think it exposed a difference between our rosters in, in, in a way for me, like Miami having guys who just kind of like refuse to lose in a way, um, they scrap for everything. they never get too down on themselves. And this kind of revealed that we have some guys who can get down on themselves. We have some guys who can get a little gun shy. Um, We have some guys who can subtly like mail it in when things aren't going right. Or just, you know, maybe not mail it in, but get into their panic mode decision-making, which is not, which tends to not be good. Um, Like you guys talk about, you guys have talked about like Ren Tibbs, you know, often breaking out his best, but, and, and I agree with you, but we've seen that, you know, His best is just—it just just isn't good enough sometimes, you know. Um, And you know, I I just want to say that series is only bad for me rather than ugly because there are there were some bright sides to it. Luckily, we have a leader like Jalen Brunson um, who was the best player in a series that included playoff, Jimmy Butler, which is insane to say. Um, And that just keeps it out of ugly for me because no matter what we came out of that series saying we had, we had a player on the Knicks who was the best player in a playoff series that we lost in six games that includes playoff, Jimmy Butler. That's, that's, that's a crazy sentence sentence to say. Um, And, you know, I trust Jalen to be, you know, uh, a number two, really moving forward on a championship team. If we we pair him with a two way wing or a two way big as the number one. So, you know, no matter what, I think that revealed that, that the series revealed that we have a guy like that and it's just legit, just stamped at this point. So it, it can only be so bad for me. Um, and another bright spot, you know, I'm going to be honest, like the fact that guys like quickly and Hart didn't have huge postseason performances, might be best for our long term in terms of like the the ramifications for their contracts that they're going to get because, you know, quickly could have easily came into this postseason and erupted and been getting paid well over a hundred million dollars moving forward and 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 Hart, you know, could definitely have bumped up the number that he's going to receive as well and I I think that we saw some of their shortcomings we saw guys like um Caleb Martin show that he could do a Josh Hart impression and, and do it really well. So, you know, I, I think that that's going to affect the number that they get moving forward. So, you know, I, uh, it's unfortunate for our, our success this season, but probably better for, you know, future cap situations. But, um, yeah, I think it's just the whole series for me. Um, that heat series is just, just bad. I left a bad taste in my mouth and, and I'm, I'm ready to move on from it. Honestly. Uh, that was it for me.
1: No, I mean, I don't blame you for that. Um, the, like, I, so for me, for bad, I had that in there. Cause like, you know, as we've said, if one other Nick shows up, we win. Just one of, of, of just one. one of the Nick. Um, there was actually a lot of bad moments I was looking at. I mean, there was, uh, because you forget about them. until you go back and look, so there was, um, scoring 85 points against Brooklyn. Uh, there was, you could pick, pick a Mavericks game, <laughs> whichever one, uh, Personally, for me, it was the other Raptors loss at MSG, one hundred twenty-three, one hundred twenty-one, because if if they had called the foul on RJ with his game-winning game-time dunk. He may hit the free throw. We may win the game. Um, and we lost at the buzzer on the Jalen Brunson three. And my son was at that game. And I was the only game he attended this year. And my son has been to four Knicks games and has not seen a win. And I thought that was going to be the one. Uh, yeah. My son has been to four Knicks games and he's seven. Go figure. He's That's sad. That's sad that he <laughs> hasn't seen a win though. As not well, no, he has not seen the regular season one. He was at the uh the pacer preseason game when uh Obi did the between the legs dunk. Um, and that was the day that Obi became his favorite player. Um there was the Minnesota 140 Knicks one to be Had to say it, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, no, Zach
3: knows Ball. I just had to say it. Zach knows Ball.
1: Um, there was the game where so there was the Minnesota game where um Torian Prince turned into Clay Thompson, um, and R- Rudy Gobert was hitting running jump hooks with his offhand at of the paint. Uh, <laughs> you're just like, All right, what are you going to do? But for me, my bad moment Thunder 145, Knicks 135 on a Sunday afternoon at Madison Square Garden. Do you know how hard it is to give up 145 points at home? In regulation, do you know how hard that is? And yes, and that was a KFS meetup game. Uh, do you know how hard that is? I looked it up at the time, I'll look it up later, but I think it's only happened six times in NBA history where a team is has sco- has allowed 145 points at home and not going to overtime. Um, that was, and I think. Many people thought that was the beginning of the end of Tom Thibodeau because it was, well, your hallmark is defense. What is going on here? Like, what is going on here? There may be changes that need to be made. They're not being made. The effort from them, that game was deplorable. Uh, they made they made Oklahoma City look like they harmed globetrotters. Uh, I think that was the last really I think that was the last time there was like a overwhelming chorus of boos of the home team inside MSG because it was, it was, it was, it was deplorable. It was unacceptable. Um, Yeah. That, that for me was, that's like, again, it is so hard to give up 145 points at home in regulation. Um, I'm actually going to ask for either of you to give your thoughts to that game. Why look up how many times that's happened in, in NBA history.
2: I was just going to add real quick, because I, I I think that's you're right. And I'm interested to see how many times or how few times that's happened in NBA history. But at least at home, when OKC was at home, I know they scored 150 against Boston this season as well. So <laughs> OKC could just drop a random 140 on you like this season it was like the most bizarre thing, I think. I think they also scored 153 against Houston too. So it's it's just really weird and not to downplay it because both of those games, I think OKC was at home, but yeah. OKC could just suddenly just like put 150 on you clearly, but yeah, still horrible.
3: Yeah, I absolutely hated it. I was in attendance for that game and it was so bad. I remember... I think he put Fournier in at the like the sec like 8 minute mark or the 7 minute mark and I'm just screaming. I'm like, "Oh, looks like we're not serious again." I, I was so annoyed and SGA could not be stopped. I mean, it came down to the, you know, SGA being all NBA first team, so hey, he couldn't be stopped. He's all NBA first team guard, but at the same time, in the moment watching it, I'm like these guys they're, t- they're like Come on, man. Like everybody knows what Sam Presti wants. He wants picks. Um, Chet's not playing. It it was just, that was, and then on top of that, we scored so many points in that first quarter. We had such, we had an excellent first quarter and then to just to lose that game that way was just not what you wanted. I was not happy with that at all.
1: So since the, since the, since the three point shot era, it's happened which is 1979-80, it's happened 42 times. So it happens on average once a year. But the irony is it actually happened six times this year, which I think makes sense considering how crazy the scoring has been. But yeah, it happens like once a year on average. Like there are like swaths of years where it didn't happen. Like, for example, it did not happen from 1995 to 2008. Like allowing 145 at home and a loss in 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 regulation is insane.
0: What's up, Nick's fans? Quick break to tell you about Factor. During the spring season, you need wholesome, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, more active days and keep you on track for reaching your goals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Too busy to cook this May? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather. Going off script for this next part because I personally can't say enough how clutch Factor has been over the last two weeks. I'm talking Jalen Brunson clutch. I'm talking Allen Houston with four seconds against the Miami Heat in 1999 clutch. Whether it's a huge playoff game followed by a late-night post game, I barely have time to prep and cook anything. So... Every time a post game has ended, I grab a Factor meal from the fridge, put it right in the microwave, and in two minutes, I've got my dinner ready to go. The future Mrs. Claudio loves Factor as well. With her busy schedule with meetings and writing reports all day, being just two minutes away from a healthy, well-cooked, pre-prepared meal is so convenient. This May, get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered right to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to Factormeals.com slash Filmschool50 and use code Filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's code Filmschool50 at Factormeals.com slash Filmschool50 and get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. What's up, Knicks fans? Super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good and that's why oakley is the perfect partner for us not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our oakley's and listen up because it's officially almost summer which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today also did you know that oakley even offers prism lens technology now i know what you're thinking gmac what the hell is that Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today.
1: All right. Now that we got all the bad stuff out the way, let's bring the vibes up to a good place and let's discuss our best moment. The good, your best, best good moment is not grammatically correct, but I'm running with it anyway. Your top good moment of 2023. I guess I'll go first this time. Um, So I had... My honor, I don't want to say any honorable mentions because I don't want to take away anyone's. Um, well, I, I'll say one because I know none of you have it. And that's the Evan Fournier game against the Sixers. Um, because to me, <laughs> they for those. <laughs> oh, man, the bit stays alive. Another podcast episode. We will keep the shout out to Jeremy Goldstein. We're keeping the bit going alive and well. But to me, that game significant. what signified the next man up mentality that this team had because RJ got scratched like 10 minutes before the game. Evan Fournier who hadn't done anything on a court on a, on an NBA go in the game in months came in, was a professional came in, does our did his job. We don't win that game. If he doesn't play well against the Sixers. Um, So that was, that's my honorable mention. But for me, the good, my number one moment is the back-to-back wins. In Utah and Denver. And I picked that moment because, well, those two games as a joint moment because that actually, like, people point to Tibbs changing the lineup and in on after the Mavericks game. And yes, that is absolutely important because they were from 10 and 13 to playing, I believe, at a 56 win pace. But that game, those two wins signify two things to me. Um, one, they had every chance, they had every chance to roll over and die. And I remember there's so many because that was that game was after the OKC game. And I remember we all looked, we looked at the schedule because that was the West Coast swing. Because they had, um, after OKC, they had Denver, they had Utah. They had Golden State, they had Phoenix, and it was like, I think they had Minnesota, and it was like, yo, they might be done. And a lot of people were saying that Tibbs lost the team. He never lost the team because they had the chance to roll over and die. If they wanted him out of there, Tibbs is out of there. That all they had to do was go to you. That is the arguably the hardest back-to-back in North American sports. At Utah in altitude, at Denver the very next day, and they went and they played their asses off and won both games. And yes, Jokic didn't play in the Denver game. I don't care. I don't remember if someone was injured for that. And I don't think anyone was injured for the Utah game. We beat them straight up. I don't care. We They could have rolled over and died. And listen, the storyline was staring them in the face because it was, we're going to get, the team's going to fall apart. Losing to Utah, the team you should have made a Donovan Mitchell trade with. It was staring them in the face, the poetry, the symmetry, all there. We all laughed when we found out. Well, we were like we were like, huh? When they announced the players only meeting, and we found out that Julius called a players only meeting, the does he know memes, the you're the guy memes, all those memes. Like, dude, like you're the problem. And he said. Let's get it together. And they got it together and there is no changing of the lineup on December 4th against Cleveland if they roll over and die against Utah and Denver because Tibbs never makes it to Tibbs never makes it to December 3rd. So for me, that's my good moment of the game of the season. Uh, we'll go to since uh we'll go to men. no, we'll go to XJ to go second and then we'll go to men's last.
2: Yeah, no, I'm happy to go next. Um great moments uh, underrated, you know. I wouldn't have even thought of that one, Sean, but that's super underrated moment. Um I think for me this was I potentially like many of us in our 30s, my favorite Knicks season ever. Uh, you know, the, the mellow season was great for sure. But it was like, you know, we have Mellow, you know, like the success of that season was not out of my range of expectations. Um, And, you know, before this one, you know, I know some people might disagree, but my favorite season, next season was the Linsanity season, despite that being really like a month of a season. (laughs) Uh, but, But this one clears both of the other ones. And the fact that, you know, I got to spend it being a contributor to this pod, it you know, and, 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 and specifically casual Friday and, and all the stuff that we've done has been amazing. Um, it's hard for me to not say a Brunson moment, you know, Brunson with, you know, the shots and the ISO work and, and, and the feeling that we got over the course of the season, just like, like, okay, yo, this dude is nice. Like, wait, this dude is like the truth. Like, wait, this dude is him for real, like a superstar offensive player. Like that's, you know, moment after moment. Um, but for me, for me, my good, my, my good moment of the, of the 2023 season, it, it's quickly, it's gotta be quickly. Um quickly in the T D Bank Arena, skipping around, <laughs> prancing and
3: dancing, profiling
2: the and garden, styling. T D Bank Arena, <laughs> not, not the not no garden. it was the, the day he, he
3: lost the six man of
2: the year award. Ah, True. Tell,
1: talk to them.
2: Unfortunately, the day he <laughs> but left, damn, did I love that? Hey, oh, my goodness. Was, it might have been worth it because he was profiling and styling around the TD Bank Arena. I'm always going to call it TD Bank Arena, by the way, because, Mensa you had a tweet recently saying, stop calling that place the garden. Stop the calling where? that place the garden, <laughs> dog. For real. That ain't the garden. <laughs> There's only one garden. That's TD Bank Arena. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just that image is just forever. And blazed into my mind, you know that 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 because just the quickly moment is the pinnacle of everything I thought and knew that he would be, but, you know the shot making, the defense, the decision making, the the energy, the passion, the joy, the the ability to steal my most hated fan base's soul. I, I you know I I just appreciated that so much. I you know I'm a Yankees fan. I Boston is the worst fan base to me over everyone over everything. It always will be, and to do that there. I loved it. Um, You know, Quickly's been my guy forever. In my mind, he's always been on the no trade list. I was furious with the Knicks for even discussing Quickly in trade talks for anything besides a superstar. Um, I said he'd be an all star before. I think some people thought he'd even be a serviceable role player. Um, And, you know, this is a guy who turned his worst attribute coming into the draft defense, his worst attribute into his best attribute has become an upper echelon defensive player in the league. Should have got all defensive uh, votes this year. Again, another sham, you know, all the voting as a sham to me, but I'm not going to go into that. But anyway, yeah, I just, that moment was so great to me. Double overtime, 55 minutes, 38 points, just, just, just filled with joy and happiness. And it just like, you know, it, it, it allowed me to just get caught up in that single moment, not looking forward, not looking back, just be able to be live in the moment and enjoy it. That's something that I struggle to do. I'm like, I mentioned at the top, I'm always looking forward. And that moment I was able to just tune in and just be like, yo, this is dope. This is happening right now. Quick is going off and he's just like having a ball. And, uh, yeah. And the fact that it was at TD bank arena, was just, you know, the cherry on top of it. So for me, that that's, that's my good moment of the 2023 season
1: that was That was one of my uh, choices as well, the Emmanuel Quigley game. And yes, you're right, Mensa. That was the, I'm telling my grandkids, that is the day he lost the sixth man of the year award. And we realized that the Boston sports mafia machine is a thing. And when anyone tells me that this league does anything to help the New York Knicks, I say politely, fuck you. Mensa, what is your good moment of 2022, 2023?
3: I mean... If I didn't choose, because I was going to go with the quickly one, but I figured XJ would take it. If, if not that moment, then how can it not be um, April 21st, 2023, Friday night, first time in two years, the New York Knicks hosted a playoff series. I mean, I'm um, hosted a playoff game. Game three. Man, what a moment. What a moment for the New York Knicks to play the way they played and to go up 2-1 against the Cleveland Cavaliers who everybody and their mother, not named Kendrick Perkins, had beating us. I was called a madman. I said Knicks in five. I was called a crazy person. And the New York Knicks, oh my goodness. It's especially after the first, for me personally, after the first two games R.J. Barrett had, Against Cleveland, and everybody was like, "I don't know. This might be it. If he doesn't come out playing well, he's done." You know, he's shooting tour dates. He's shooting tour dates. And shout out to Benji Ritholds. He did <laughs> shoot a tour date. He shot August twelfth, huh? August 12th. Eight over twelve. <laughs> Let's go, RJ Barrett. I mean, he he put all the doubt all the doubt went right out the window on oh, April twenty first, twenty twenty three. Man, I mean. I it was a very proud moment for me because, you know, as everybody knows, I'm an RJ guy. He had shot um, one for eight from three from the, the previous two games against Cleveland, number one defense. And then he shot three for six. He really, really stepped up in ways that very few people expected him to step up. It was our first playoff game in two years and the fashion that we wanted with Jalen Brunson getting and ones and going crazy and yelling at, Oh my goodness. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. I think that was the highest high for me was game. Well, no game five easily was the highest high, but the RJ of it all, because it spoke to a larger thing for me, which was the New York Knicks have a lot of young talent and they all showed up at different points in the season. We had Quickby show up. We had uh, Mitchell Robinson show up. We had R.J. Barrett show up. Quentin Grimes showed up. Deuce came in and gave you, you know, he's like like a seventh inning relief pitcher. You know, he came in and he would just give you that, you know, get you a little three outs and then we or even your six outs and get your closer in. Like it, he played so well, Deuce McBride, like all the young players And R.J. Barrett, I feel like, was the one who was trending in the wrong direction going into the playoffs. For him to trend upward, like, yeah, Quickly and Grimes were trending downwards in the playoffs. But they had given us so much good regular season basketball and so much basketball before that, they were willing to give them the pass. This was put up or shut up for R.J. Barrett at this point. And he... Well, we saw what he did. The rest is history. And I think that for me was, that's the good moment that I want to talk about is our first playoff win in two years.
1: Hey, man, listen, I was at that game, the, you could feel the electricity in and around MSG, the you know, the excitement, the anticipation, you know, I got into the building. I met so many Knicks fans that I've been talking to on Twitter for the first time. Uh, Like, the, and then getting in the building and the building, the chanting is like, this is like, like, now we're not, more and more people are starting to see what we have been saying for the longest as fans. Like, Like, why would anybody want to come here? That is why you want to come here. That is why um, that was. So, yeah, that's that was an amazing call. Um, and then we obviously won. And after the game, people playing ball in the street, wearing Blarney's, having drinks, spilling out on Seventh Avenue. And, man, and, you know, and that's our new tradition now. We win playoff games. We we shut down Seventh Avenue. If you don't like it, you can go go scratch somewhere. Um, yeah, man. So those are all great moments. I think I had one other. uh um no actually no those are all the those are all the um ones I had so I just uh, wanted sorry. to highlight
2: one, 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 yes. one moment real quick just Randall 3 to beat the heat That, that was an insane moment. (laughs) The moment I spoke Spanish.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What a fun time.
2: Probably my, my my favorite KFS moment because the three of us and, and Andrew were live on, on playback, watching that game. And that was just an epic moment for all of us to just share in that. So I just wanted to shout out that moment for sure.
1: Yeah. And it's isn't it amazing that we all had three moments and none of our moments were directly tied to like directly tied to like a Jalen Brunson game because there's so many of them like that is a moment in itself like Wow. Different
3: podcast, different podcast. Like (laughs) Jalen Brunson Brunson moments. (laughs) He is not a moment. He is uh, an event that is an ongoing event. He is a life changing event for a lot of us. As far as our Knicks fandom goes, it's not just one moment.
1: Okay. Um, So those are our (laughs) moments of the year. Um, Before we wrap up, uh, this is our first podcast since the season ended. So I figured it'll be fair for me to give each of you a minute just to talk about the season as a whole. And also, this is our, the end of our first season um, as contributors to Nick's Film School. So I figured, you know, I'd give you all a few, each of you a few minutes just to talk about um, your experience this season being, you know, a media member because you are a media member. Don't let anyone tell you different. Um, and yeah, I'll just let you pontificate on the year. So, uh Mentor, we'll start with you
3: yeah um i don't know where to. i don't know what to say so i guess i'll just start from from the beginning where andrew like reached out to me and he was like hey you've been doing really well in these uh kfs patreon town halls when you talk people want to listen so let's we want to give you an opportunity to join the crew and i was like did you did, did he know this was a dream of mine? <laughs> like you know, like all I ever want to do is talk, you know like Nick's content and to have this opportunity on this platform, which to me is the best platform, even before I was a member of Nick's film school, like I would read like it like it, like let's like just not even lying like I was a kFS um I am a KFS Monroe level patron um I and subscribe to Jonathan Macri's KFS newsletter. Like I was doing all of this for years. So I'm like, yeah, of course I want to do this. And at the time the season had started, like I was still grieving a very, you know, private tragedy, which you guys obviously know, but I don't want to make it too public. Um, So like this helped me like get through literally the roughest period of my life and just to be able to do like the pregame shows with you guys and even like then the KFS faculty and like there's I really have no bad memories of anything this first season like I, I get on the podcast and I'm like man this XJ guy is amazing like I gotta step my prep, my preparation up and then I realize, like I just like because of the work I do like I don't have the time so like I was like, OK, I'm going to let XJ do his thing like and just listening to you, Sean, like all your Seanisms and the way you add like a layer of I want to say like perspective to, to every event as it happens. Just like working with you guys and just being able to come in here and like shoot things off the cuff. And I feel like I couldn't have had a better a better two um, podcast teammates, I guess, Um feel so grateful just to be on the same team as guys like Jeremy John Benji um DJ Zulo um Friends Jeremy as we call them, um APJP like the the list goal is like for real. Like we have such a solid team here uh people and I'm forgetting anybody I, I really uh Chris Percy Einan like the team is just so great here and for people to like embrace us the way they embraced us and embrace me the way they embrace me is just, I couldn't be more grateful. And obviously there's more content to come and I'm just so excited for what, what not only is to come for the New York Knicks, but for Knicks film school.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. XJ, uh, what, what, what's your recap of this season? Uh, your first season at KFS. Yeah.
2: I, yeah. And I appreciate the platform to even like do that recap. Sean is a great idea. Um, I echo everything that Mensa said. I mean, unbelievable coming on here with, with you two guys, you know, in the pregames that we were doing and and then in the casual Friday, what an amazing invention this casual Friday has been <laughs> the dopest pod. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, for me, kind of being discovered <laughs> by Andrew in the YouTube comments was a crazy thing to say. Um Andrew's eye for talent is like unbelievable. Like this dude is re- like was mentioned in our our KFS faculty chat. This dude really is Nick Fury. Like this dude really is Professor X like for real. Like it's it's crazy. Um but just, you know, like I've also, you know, been engaging with KFS in a similar way as you, Mensa, you know, um, dropping long, long, long comments in you, in the YouTube chat for no reason other than just to engage with, with everybody who's there. It's like an amazing community. Um, love still engaging in the comments, you know, like the other day, Andrew took a screenshot of a comment I dropped under a, a pod with Benji and John. It was like, yeah, I'm i I'm gonna stick to my roots. Cause you know, that's, that's, that's where I, what I'm about. But yeah, it's just been an amazing season. Um, insane that like for our first season as contributors it was this nick season like an unbelievable nick season in the last like 20 years uh you know i'm so grateful and thankful for that um and you know just the ability to chop it up with you guys to be in the kfs um faculty chat the you know our casual friday chat uh it's just been a dream come true unbelievable you know like i just love just talking basketball, as you all know, as as we all do, as everybody who engages with us does. And it's just been amazing to have that opportunity, um, you know, and, and in, in our faculty chat, like I said, you know, I, I go at, I go at Benji so much and just like, it's crazy that I'm able to even say that. Like I go at Benji Ritholtz in, in, our, in
1: our KFS faculty chat. And it's because- It I, is the <laughs> art versus science battle of all time. It's amazing. It's amazing. It it's is
2: amazing. A, it's amazing. And it's because I admire the hell out of that dude. Like I admire the hell out of that dude, like fully, full stop, you know, like, and and that's why it's just, I just love that opportunity to just like chop it up and talk basketball with like, Brilliant basketball minds. You two are brilliant basketball minds. Absolutely. I've learned so much from both of you, like an insane amount from both of you. Um, changing my perspective on how I see the game, you know, and it has have, have I've developed my basketball insight more this season than I ever have in my entire life, you know, in one season. It's crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, it's been amazing, amazing season, such a great season to be a part of the KFS crew and just looking forward to what's next.
1: Well, one, I just want to say I appreciate those platitudes. Um, I. Being a part of this community has made me a smarter basketball fan, a better basketball person, and I've learned so much, Um, you know, back in I think it was 2017. um, So I had well, I still have a list on Twitter called Rational Knicks Twitter because I would add to it people who had rational discussions about the Knicks. because there's a lot of rationals out there. And one day I got a suggestion, and I think, I'm pretty sure this is 2017. One day I got a suggestion to, you know, Twitter says people you should follow, and I got a suggestion to follow um, JC Macri MBA. And this dude in this black and white picture, looking all professional, it's like, all right, Maybe you know follow this guy, whatever, and you know, saw his takes and it was like you know it's pretty you no, know, he's pretty nuanced guy, right uh, and then the dude started um posting doing periscopes and shout out to Periscope for those who remember after games like little five minute recaps And five became ten and ten became fifty and i and I it would be appointment viewing for me um to the point that if I had missed like two or three of them. I would go back and watch like the last three periscopes, uh, post-game periscopes before then. Um, and I just kept following. Obviously, I'm talking about Jonathan Mackery, And I just kept following the Knicks Film School as it grew. And, it, you know, they brought on Andrew and they brought on Jeremy. Um and you know it became a weekly podcast and then twice a week and then three times a week and they moved to video and then live streams or what have you. Um. So when Andrew reached out to me and he said, "I want to talk to you about you know possibly joining the team," it's ironic because the day we spoke about that, the day we, the day he invited me to join Next Film School was the day of the Donovan Mitchell trade. In fact, our call got pushed back by. No, literally, we had no, we had the Zoom call hung up, and half hour later, da-da-da, da-da-da, my phone goes off, right? Um listen, so I am I've learned so much, as I said earlier. And you know, now being a contributor, you're involved more, especially me being the uh, the host of our Twitter space KFS study hall. With Chris Percyinen, who and that kid is going places, trust me. Like I, I told him on his 21st birthday, which was game two of the Heat series. I said, You are so far ahead of me when I was at age 21, just keep going. Um this community and 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 being a part of the KFS community has inter- has given me the opportunity to meet so many more people. And I've met so many Nick fans in person. I mean, on the timeline, but in person at games. Um, and I've gotten to know so many people. Some of y'all nuts. Some of y'all crazy. I'm not going to lie. One of my honorable mentions for Ugly was the Hives. Because the hives made it very, very difficult at times to engage in discourse. So to the hives, and you know who you, you know who you people who you people are, people are, shame on you. However, to your point, XJ, the idea that our first season was this season, like I was hashtag embrace the mid in October and November. That was my thing. Like, listen, we're going to win 39, 40, 41. We're going to go over. It's like 42 games. We'll be like a seven seed, maybe a six seed. No, we'll be like a seven seed and play, right? Like even, you know, me becoming a partial season ticket holder, which is a dream of mine. Like I, you could not have told me that I would have season tickets to a Knicks, for the Knicks and then that happening so me being able to go to the games to cover the games and look at it from a different perspective um i'm so grateful and thankful for everyone on the team everyone who's not on the team that i that i that i interact with even listen like i'm just this is a blast and i can't wait for next season because i think we're all really good at this. We'll be even better next year. I promise you that you could put, you can take that and you can take that to the bank. Um, any last words before we wrap up?
3: Yeah, I just quickly want to shout out uh, Jeffrey Ballone, man, uh, creator of Nick's Film School. I remember the first time I watched uh, a Frank Neely 72nd video breaking down why this guy should stick around. And then just following him, you know, to Mets Fix and even with Isles Fix, I'm not a hockey guy, but I'm, I am a Mets fan. Um, thank you, Mr. Balone, for creating this platform for us to be here on a casual Friday talking about the Knicks as passionately as we probably do at any other point in our week. So shout out to Jeffrey Ballone.
1: Well said. Shout out to Jeffrey Ballone who created this amazing thing and just said like, you know what? You can have it. I'm good. I'm going to go concentrate on the New York Metropolitans, which, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. Leave but it it's an alone. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. Shout out, as always, to Menson XJ. XJ. Um, listen, we are like, obviously, I can't do Casual Friday by myself, nor would I want to. Um, we, are, we have hit it off almost practically from day one. I look forward to next season with you guys on Casual Fridays, as we are every Friday. Although, obviously, with the uh, summer coming up, our schedules will be modified. But you'll be hearing from us during the summer. As well as John and Jeremy throughout the summer, I can't wait for Cap or No Cap, the Paul George edition. <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's not insider information, guys. I <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Cap or No Cap, the OG and Anobi edition is going to be amazing. The Max Drews edition is going to be epic. The uh, <laughs> I'm just too many spoilers. The Zach Levine, the, the Zach Levine <laughs> edition the, the people out there asking for the, for the DeMar DeRozan edition, stop it, sit down, have a seat. Um, the Dame Lillard edition, but yeah, those are going to be amazing. Um, listen, uh, Dream with Chris Percyinen. pay attention to Dream. Those are going to be, those are going to be epic. Listen, DJ and Benji are still going to be breaking on tape follow them. APJP on the ones and twos. uh, GMAC on the ones and twos. Shout out to French Jeremy, Jeremy Goldstein, and Harrison, our newest addition. I know you're going to be doing your thing, but listen, we're going to have content all summer. I have some ideas of some things we can do for Casual Fridays, some things we're going to discuss. We're going to get in our bag this summer, right? But we're not going to be there every week, but we're going to be there more often than not. But when we pop up, it's going to be some shit, right? Um, Oh, I had to shout out um the angel investor of Nick's Film School, Mr. Robert W. Cross. Um, to see this lovely mic, I'd like to thank you for that. I, I, I'd like to thank you. I appreciate that with your uh we should put your name on this. Should be the Robert Cross Memorial Mike. Um, but not Memorial, you. but yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not memorial. No, <laughs> he no, he is alive and well. <laughs> Trust me. And he'll be around for a long time. And listen, he just turned 50 this year, so I might as well talk to him. Um, so again, thank you very much for rocking with us this season for XJ, for Mensa, for everyone at Nick's Film School that helps Casual Friday golf without a hitch. My name is Sean with the W. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Let's go, Nick's.